You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Wilkin and JT English. Hey, Kyle. Y'all both got tickled to death on this episode. <laughs> Here's what you guys need to know as listeners. There's a part where you're going to hear us laughing. We're going to have to cut a lot of it out because Jen and I had a giggle fit that our production bay just told us was... They didn't think it was as charming as How long was it, guys? One-sixth of the episode. It was <laughs> It was three minutes long of us. make it start up again. And we were trying... <laughs> We were trying. I really was trying to power through. but like, And you failed miserably. I did. My shoulders were going up and down. I was laughing so much. I well, hurt. Jen <laughs> snorted. On today's... <laughs> she did. On today's episode, we wrap up our State of the Apostles Creed with Amen. Hope you enjoy both the laughter and the discussion. Hey, you know what's been really fun? It's Tell been us. Inter- what's been so much fun? <laughs> <It's> been- <laughs> Has been interacting with uh, listeners of Knowing Faith using hashtag Knowing Faith Podcast. It's I love really doing cool. That. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, that folks are listening and paying attention and asking questions. And um, I get so many good questions that I'm like, man, we should have covered that yeah. in the episode, or man, we should. I should have been clear, or we should have been clear about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and I just also too love that people are stepping into this. Kind of discussion. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Like it's a way for them to jump in and to do this work. You know, I, we hear from a lot of people that, okay, we, we don't have a, a place to do theology mm-hmm. and community together. And so I, I think that we would say, we know that Twitter is not the best place for that to happen, but, but for a lot of people <laughs> who understand, <laughs> but for people who are listening, who don't have that, it's been, I'm glad that people are jumping in, that they can ask questions and, and ask for resources and explore topics further or side with JT in an argument or yeah. more popularly Smart side with Jin and me uh-huh. in an right. argument. Um, and so, no, I really, we love doing it and it's been really fun hearing, um, what you've been learning, particularly around the apostles creed um i asked a couple of days ago hey what have you been learning around the apostles creed and got a bunch of really interesting responses the most common response i got was that the most interesting part of it was the ascent and descent stuff yep yes was i have to dead. agree i i felt the same way yeah i thought so too i thought what matt contributed there was really significant and it's something that none of us really know much about i was gonna say basically everyone valued the part that we did the least <laughs> yes. talking yeah. on but I think the reason we I, you're yes amen to that. But it also it's the part of the creed that most people get hung up on. Get hung yeah. up on yeah. instead yeah. of being able to speak clearly to it. Well, and thing. that's one of the reasons we brought someone else in yeah. because it's such a critical piece. Mm-hmm. And man, it was good. It was. It was really helpful. I yeah. mean, it's it made me buy his book, mm-hmm. and it's been really interesting to explore that topic. Yeah. So. I'm glad that you're listening. Um, and today we wrap up. I, it's kind of very Are you sweet. feeling sad? I am. I, I mean, am it's too. been really good to do the Apostles' Creed. Like, I, I mean, we're talking here in a minute about the things that have been formative for us as we've discussed it together. But I am. I mean, it's like it's it's been really nice to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I think I'm sad about it. It 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 feels like you can't do it justice, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't. There's nothing that I think we discussed that we would take back or regret. But right. it's like. Man, it's just so – it's such a rich, like, meaningful, like, text. Yeah. It's so simple while at the same time you just pack the entire Bible into it in mm-hmm. terms of biblical and systematic theology. It's just – it feels like, man, I'm not sure – I'm not sure you can do it justice, but it feels like there's still so much left to be said. Yeah. 
I think as a teacher who's always trying to think what's the simplest way to say the most complex thing, mm. you just look at that and you're like, okay. They win. You win. <laughs> yeah, they got it. <laughs> you win. They got it. So why don't you yeah. read it for us, JT? Okay. For the last time on the podcast, perhaps. Oh, man. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 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 So when we think about this time that we've had in the creed, what do you feel like has stood out to you? I mean, the the dissent stuff, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that was incredibly helpful for all of us. What do you find yourself going back to outside of that? Is there a part of the creed that you just feel like, man, I keep coming back to that line or that idea? I think for me, it's more of the, just the overall pattern that it establishes for communicating the truths that it does, where it it goes in an order. Yeah. It has something that we love talking about. It has a scope and it has a sequence (laughs) and it's very deliberate and very useful and very rooted in, uh, it's been interesting to do the creed at the same time that we're walking through the book of Acts because it is the pattern that you see in the speeches and sermons in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for those who are like, the creed is man-made, it's like, well, Yes and no. I right. mean, it's it's such a close correlation to what mm-hmm. the Bible is doing that I'm not really sure what you're trying to say when you say that at yeah. this point. It wasn't until we took a look at it on this podcast as we talked about it together. I knew that there was a structure to it, mm-hmm. but I didn't really see the, the nar- logic, the mm-hmm. logic, and the kind of the narrative that was in it. Like that it was the progression. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and as we talked through it, that became more and more clear to me too. So yeah, I appreciated seeing that and seeing it come to the the uh, the surface because. It does look a lot like the story of Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like obviously that, but you can tell that the implicit logic and language has been deeply formed by the story, which which makes total sense. Yeah, That's it what starts it's with maker of heaven and earth and ends with yep. life everlasting. Yeah. For me, it's actually been I, – I'm not sure if I've told you this, Kyle. Jen and I have talked about it. In years past, I've gone through the Bible in a year. And uh-huh. I love it, but it feels so fast sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That this year I decided I'm just going to go really slowly through one or two books. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Genesis and I'm just I'm, – I have a couple commentaries and I'm just like going really, really slow. And Jen's smiling over here because she's – We're going to talk about it. Because she's liking that I'm loving my yeah, time in Genesis. we're going to talk about it. But specifically the creator of heaven and earth and just – I mean I spent, I don't know, last six weeks in Genesis 1 and 2 mm-hmm. just slowly, slowly meditating on what it means that God is the creator, what it means that he created all things, what it means to be creation – uh, and then, Jen, you've just so encouraged me in like seeing that pattern of order out of chaos, mm-hmm. creation, recreation is, mm-hmm. is a pattern that, again, it begins the creed, but it also is sustained throughout the entire storyline right. of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. I, the, the part that I've kept coming back to is uh, creator, the, the father almighty creator of heaven and earth. I think that this last year <laughs> has felt so uncontrollable just with the journey that we've been on in terms of planting. Then my wife had some health stuff that was totally unexpected. And, you know, I'm the father of a three-year-old girl who's coming into all this independence and 
uh, like everything kind of feels unwieldy and out of control. The, the thing that I find myself meditating on in prayer is that God has created and keeps everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. So that this good God is not just in charge of everything, but He's a, like He is our Father. So He's directing it to the good of His children, um, and that I'm out of control, but God the Father is not. You know. And uh, I think that's been really comforting to me. And a, a thing that I've come back to in the creed to pray through and to think, God, help mm-hmm. me sense and realize that the whole, like Psalm 24, 1 is a passage I've been meditating on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, mm-hmm. the world and those who dwell therein. Mm-hmm. For he has founded it upon the seas. He's established it upon the rivers, mm-hmm. right? That everything belongs to the Lord. It's beginning, it's foundation, it's establishment, everything in it. Um, and I, I just keep coming back to that again and again and again and as a ballast and, mm-hmm. and all of the uncertainty of the waves that we've been in. It's been really good. I think that's one of the ways that the creed has helped root and stabilize me personally as we've been going through it um, uh, on here. It's just been it's been a monthly opportunity or a weekly opportunity, I should say, of being able to reflect and to consider like – Okay, lots has changed and lots are lots of things are changing all the time around me in our society, in the life of the church, but these things are not. Mm-hmm. These are unchanging realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been good to hook That's myself good. in in the midst of a culture that seems to be constantly up and down, changing. Yeah. But it ends. The creed ends. It has limitations. It's not God. It's uh, It's words about God and they're finite and limited and they begin and end. And it ends with this word. Amen or amen. How do you say amen? Do you prefer amen or amen? I say amen. Amen. I say amen. I say amen too. Amen. Okay. Why? You you wanted me to I, – I did not have this in the notes. I know. And you were like, but I want to talk about it. Yeah. Why do you want to talk about it? Because we say amen all the time mm. and we don't really weigh what it is that we're saying. In fact, to us, it's sort of just like a – Period. <clears throat> right. It's like a punctuation mark instead of something that has meaning. And it does have meaning. It has meaning um, within the scriptures, and it has meaning when we use it uh, at the end of a prayer. And it means, you know? Truly, verily. It means let it be. Let mm-hmm. it be. And so you think about Mary's words when the angel comes to her and tells her that she's going to give birth to Messiah. And she says, let it be unto me as you have said. Mm-hmm. She says, amen. Yeah. And uh, so when we speak the creed and we say, let it be. So, like, I, I think actually about that that um, that scene with Mary is certainly not the only scene right. in the Bible that you could point to, but we don't think when she says, "Let it be unto me as you have said," that she fully apprehends mm, everything right. that has been said to her, mm. but she wants to, and so she's not only asking that it that that she come to an understanding, but that she submit herself mm-hmm. to that understanding. It's a it's a submission. It's a it's a statement of submission. Yeah. Uh, well, in that it perfectly corresponds to the first word of the creed, which in Latin would be credo, mm-hmm. which is I believe, mm-hmm. not I apprehend, mm-hmm. not I understand, mm-hmm. not I don't have any doubts, mm-hmm. but it starts with I believe and then ends with mm-hmm. let let this be. And yeah. I even think you could argue that that opening phrase and that final phrase correspond to the words, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. That's that, exactly that those right. are the, the bookends for the creed. Yeah. That's good. And one of the things that I think when when we when we're saying amen, at least that the things that run through my mind is what we're agreeing with 
when we say amen, so let it be, is first divine revelation. Not that the creed's divine revelation, right. but that it is an accurate representation of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're saying in, in faith, we're trusting that, that this uh, faith that's been delivered to the saints and now handed down to us, we're agreeing that God is who he says he is, that he's done what he said he did in Christ, mm-hmm. yeah. and that he's going to do what he says he's going to do to grant us life everlasting. Mm-hmm. So when we say amen, we say, let this be. Let this be the true world that you have said is true. And secondly, uh, we're agreeing with the church. Like mm-hmm. we're aligning our small voices, whether it be an individual saying it or a group saying it, <clears throat> when we've said it together or now a podcast community mm-hmm. saying it, we are aligning our voices yeah. with the church that's gone before us, the church that spans the universal church, which we've talked about before, that spans time, it spans uh, ethnicity, it spans gender, it sp- I mean, it spans socioeconomics, it, it spans everything. Yep. And we're saying this is what roots us together. Amen. Let this be. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's an amen spoken in chorus. Yeah. It's okay. funny because the – well, so I love I love Handel's Messiah. Yes. I think I've talked about him here before. And so people know really two, two or three of the, of the different parts of that that are really well known. But I think that my favorite of all of the parts of Handel's Messiah is the Amen at the mm-hmm. end because it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it's high voices and it's low – I'm crying about – okay, I'm a dummy. but You're not a dummy. Uh, and I, this is what I do exactly when it comes on in the car too is I just sit there and bawl <laughs> because it is the it, – it's like a uh, an embodiment of this mm-hmm. idea. It's that um, – it's not just Jen saying yes. It's yeah, not just right. Mary saying yes. It's it's all of creation ultimately mm-hmm. giving the amen. Yep. Yep. Church that's exactly past, right. present, that's and future. Good. Yeah. I there, you made me cry. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Goal accomplished. Goal accomplished. <laughs> we didn't do this episode. I was like, and I literally thought, I can talk about this. It'll be fine. I can get through this. Nope, I really, really can't. Well, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons we love you. Anybody uh-huh. thinking about John Lennon right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you said <laughs> let it be, I was like, now I'm singing this song in my head, um, which I'm not going to sing for you, unlike Jen. I'm not going to burst out into to song. Yeah. Um, okay. We that- don't actually have that on record here do we you no. singing no like we hadn't been in broadcast me singing i think we have broadcast no, you i don't singing. think we let's not if we haven't <laughs> we can we can do that, yeah. we can make that <laughs> i think we can and we will have you ever wondered what is god's heart towards you in this noisy world god's heart beats hard with love and mercy but how can god share his heart with us when he doesn't have our attention you're invited to spend 100 days discovering the beautiful, merciful heart of God with Overflowing Mercies, a new devotional by Craig Allen Cooper. The Lord is not ashamed of you or quick-tempered toward your faults. Each one of your weaknesses, faults, frailties, and failures does more to arouse God's love than to stir up His anger. If you could fathom in some small way how warmly God truly feels about you, the faintest grasp of His immeasurable affection would reduce you to tearful wonder and heartfelt gratitude. As God's mercies are new every single morning, overflowing mercies will continue to be a constant well of refreshing comfort, encouragement, and strength. It's perfect for personal quiet times, family and dinner table devotions, and small groups. Let this devotional help you get intentional, stay connected to God, and continue loving others. Order your copy of Overflowing Mercies, 100 Meditations on the Tender Heart of God today at moodypublishers.com or wherever great books are sold. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 
10 Women Who Changed the World as Seminary President Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold. Well, uh, why is uh, why is creedal orthodoxy essential for us to recover right now? Why is this important? Why did we give, golly, I mean, almost probably 13, 14 hours to discussing the Apostles' Creed? Why is this so important for us? I mean, I think off the top of my head, there's a few <laughs> reasons. The first would be is just uh, it is a it is a way to combat the radical autonomy and um, – we want to do theology typically as individuals. We want to say, me, my Bible, and I. Mm-hmm. Just be me by myself. I can come to my own conclusions because this is God's word to me and I have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And there is truth to that, but that's not completely true. And so to align ourselves with the confession is to say, I actually can't do this by myself. So what we're modeling here is a, as a community of three people trying to learn theology together, we're saying there's also other conversation partners. And the primary conversation partner outside of Scripture is the church who's made mm-hmm. these creeds and confessions. So uh, that's first. Um, Jen, you might you might disagree with me on this. Oh. But again, you, and you might not. I'm looking forward we, to this we've, next statement. We've, we've talked about this before. And I, I think we've actually grown probably closer together, not further apart. But this is a tool for biblical literacy that matters at least in terms of our current climate. I'm not going to say as much of the Bible, but it matters a lot. It matters a lot. No, I would agree with that because it's a it's a teaching tool. I'm mm-hmm. all for giving people ways to grab onto what the Bible is saying, either in a particular passage or as a whole. And as we've already pointed out, this is a tool for learning the story of Scripture mm-hmm. at, at minimum. Right. I mean, it's much more than that. Um, and I think, too, that the there has been in recent years sort of with the – I mean it might be upticking again, but with the decline in liturgical environments, uh, there has grown I think a wariness or a cynicism around things like creeds mm-hmm. and um, – you know, which is ironic because at the same time, someone might give you the four spiritual laws and ask you to pray a prayer and believe that they have fully dispensed with um, the message of the Bible in doing so. Right. But then, but then, look slanty-eyed at the Apostles' Creed as though it's in some way trying to be a substitute, and 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 in much the same way as we might use the four spiritual laws as a tool, the Apostles' Creed functions as that. It's I think it's more. I think it does more than the four spiritual laws. Yeah. But you're but, just talking about these are two tools. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But to see one as non-threatening and the other as potentially threatening is right. is shows a disconnect in the yep. way that we're thinking about what the creed is and isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the creed, and I know I've said this on the year before, because I do think that it establishes a strong foundation for shared partnership mm-hmm. across confessional lines, that it provides a broad base of orthodoxy that we can stand on to partner with one another, even if our local confessional identities are different. Um, and I, I appreciate it for that reason, is that it provides a kind of charter document for church unity um, uh, around the essential realities of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me is one of the most motivating reasons to give it serious attention um, and also for a a concerted effort at retrieving its significance yeah. for the life of our church, the life of any church, and for the life of the global and historic church. Because I think it, like, wow, it's a, it can become a lingua franca, a, 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 a shared, language shared language among the church um, that 
can unite us even despite our confessional identities. So, Okay, hot take. Should every church recite the creed in the gathering? No. I mean, not like they should they. Uh, is there Could there be value in it? Yes. We recite the Apostles' Creed regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, we recited it last week and we'll recite it this week. But we don't recite it every week. There are some weeks where we do, some weeks where we don't. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's tied to the direction of the sermon and the flow of the liturgy. But I think I would say... And this isn't a prescriptive thing. This is where the church is free. If, if, if they didn't do this, it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think I would say every church should recite the creed at some point in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. Like this should be a tool that all churches are making use of. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. One way we incorporated it, it simply is that in our baptisms, we allow people to either read their testimony mm-hmm. or to recite the Apostles' Creed. Loophole. Yeah. yeah. And it may not it may, yeah. it may not be through— a Really great loophole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it may not be through— um, like in the corporate gathering, what we we don't say it very often at TBC. We've certainly said it before. We did a whole sermon series on it mm-hmm. here that Matt did. That was great. Uh, but we talk about it in our doctrinal statements, yeah. like on our, on our website. It's mm-hmm. like we here's our statement of faith. However, we're also submitting ourselves to the apostles. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for in some way every church to be identifying themselves with the apostolic faith. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. agree. Yep, I think it's significant. How does the creed? How could the creed help with Bible literacy? Could the creed help with Bible literacy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because for one thing, Bible literacy presents, as you grow in Bible literacy over the course of however much time the Lord gives you, so your your, your Christian lifetime, you should be arriving at a balanced view <clears throat> of the Trinity. Yep. Um, you should understand um, the economic, tri- I mean, this is like a base baseline understanding of the economic trinity is found in in the creed. Would you say that, JT? Oh, yeah. And then um, you should have a a good understanding of, this is, this is, to say the way you've said it before, you guys have said it before, is like, these are, these are the glasses you put on. These are, this is a Mm -hmm. lens that you need for being able to um, frame up what you're reading in the scripture and say, oh, we're dealing with this, not that. So like, even for example, when we have been looking in the book of Acts and we'll say, oh, look, you're seeing the Trinity here. Well, you can actually map what you're seeing there to the Apostles' Creed. Like the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. is something that helps you heighten your awareness to even be looking for that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you had a tendency to just pull out um, and emphasize one one thing over another, you might go, oh, wait a minute, is there more going on here than that? That's right. Irenaeus, a second century bishop, says something really similar when he's talking in this I want to clarify a comment I made earlier about like, well, which is more important, the Bible mm-hmm. or the creed? Well, absolutely the Bible. Right. The reason I'm saying the creed is so important and like almost as important mm-hmm. isn't because the creed matters, but because the Bible matters. The creed the creed helps us access the Bible. That's what, yeah. Um, it, in, in a more, um, you say it, you say it. Well, like, what, well, the, the example that Irenaeus uses is he talks about like a mosaic mm-hmm. and your odds oh. of, your odds of meld it. <laughs> what? Oh, Irenaeus, man. Hey, bro. Hit me up, dude. Okay, keep going. I'm having a really hard time not making a mosaic joke I know, me too, me too, me too. Hit me up, Irenaeus. All of you know what we want to say, but we're not going to. Thank you. Especially because the name Irenaeus is contributing. Is there some irony here? Contributing to the problem. (laughs) So he he basically says, if uh, if you go in and you chip up a mosaic and you put all the pieces into a bag and you... Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, it's, <sighs> and it's broken, but you want to make it whole again. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I actually totally was not intended to go here at all. <laughs> oh 
trying again for a different right, reason. Right, right. So you, Total but in all seriousness, Trump. the odds of you putting the mosaic together the right way without a legend of how what the mosaic looks like, <laughs> you're not going to put it together the right way. And so you'd be, it would be broken, but not whole. Okay. <laughs> You've got 30 seconds to get off this line of inquiry. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, the re- <laughs> So it'd be like a fractured Irenaeus. Yeah, is that's what you're right. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to find a way to destroy both of you. I don't know how. I don't know when. But it's coming. <laughs> Irenaeus was making mosaic jokes 1800 years ago. Oh my gosh! Listen, if there's anything you heard us talk about on the show today that you'd like to know more about, pray for JT and Jen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my. For clarity, that was Jen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm cool. You're trying to put the mosaic back together, and you need the map or the legend in order to do it the right way. Yes. If you don't, if you're not able to do that, the pieces don't matter. Yes. Yeah. And that next yep. next topic. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> the Apostles' Creed helps provide that map. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it is. It's a helpful legend. It's a guide. It's a map. I, it, another analogy we use often is guardrails. It's oh, guardrails. Yeah. Like, so if the road yeah. of Christian faith and Christian life is there, the Apostles' Creed provides necessary and helpful guardrails to direct our course of action. How about dir- this? I got another one. Okay. It's a heat map. Okay. Is yeah. that good? Like yeah. for the whole Bible? Like these mm, are the, this mm-hmm. is, if you want to look oh, at like, like yeah. the things that I'm, I'm actually stealing that a little from Jonathan Pennington, the way he talks about reading the gospels, gospels. but yeah. you could argue this is a heat mm-hmm. map for the whole of the Bible. I think you yeah. would agree with that. I think so. That's really helpful. Um, well, and I think it also helps us live the Christian life. I think the Apostles' Creed does not just because it provides this broad base of orthodoxy, but because as we read and recite the creed, we learn to give we learn to cite with conviction those things of conviction. Like one mm. of our leadership values at Mosaic is convictional, meaning that we're certain about certain things. You know, yeah, right? And the, the Apostles' Creed gives us certainty about certain things. It points us to like, these are the issues that you need to be rock solid on, that you need to hold with a firm <laughs> degree of confidence, even if it feels like everything else is shaking and moving and the ground is falling out from your feet. These are things that can't be lost in all of that. And I think that that's really important, particularly – in a time, which we've already said, things are overblown one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this kind of points to these are the essentials of the faith. And that as we read and recite them, hopefully they build into our spiritual muscle memory mm-hmm. that whenever there is a time of chaos or confusion, we can say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Right? In essentials, unity. Exactly. I loved what you said earlier. I think it's the key. Take So there is a sense in which the, the creed has had value to the church in of all age, during all ages, but in our particular age, it it bears a value to us because um, as fear begins to strike the church, as the culture around us shifts, the impulse will be um, to look to look for dividing points, yep. and that's the wrong impulse. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to need to rely on it in a way that perhaps the church hasn't in recent years. Love it. I've loved our time in the creed. And I hope, I know that the listeners have as well, because 
you've told us that this has been profitable for you. But listen, if, if you're finding like, man, I want to do more study on the creed, there are some good resources. You can find the sermon series that was packaged into a curriculum, mm-hmm. I think through Lifeway, yep. on the Apostles' Creed that the Village did a number of years ago. Ben Myers has a fantastic little book on the Apostles' Creed. J.I. Packer has one. J.I. Packer. Uh, Michael F. Bird has one, What Christians Ought to Believe. Al so Muller. Th- um, yeah, so there are some good books on the Apostles' Creed that are out there and available. So if you want to do more study on the Apostles' Creed, there are good resources for doing so. For more information, you can look into the show notes in the podcast description. We'd be honored for you to leave us a podcast review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. You can find us online at trainingthechurch.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter by searching Knowing Faith. On our next episode, we will continue to journey through Acts and find out that boring preaching may kill a man. See you you next time. Grace and peace.